You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Wendy Borman, and she has produced the documentary film called Mary Jane, Women of Weed. Here we are, two women of weed sitting here chatting today. Uh, The film recently had its world premiere at the Mill Valley Film Festival earlier in October, and then again at the East Coast premiere at the Woodstock Film Festival in mid-October. Wow, you've been so busy. Uh, So so let's back up a little. Uh, Let me introduce you. Uh, Tell us more about your background, uh, your professional background, where you're based. Uh, Let's introduce you to the audience, Wendy. Well... Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am actually thrilled to be here. Um, Mary Jane's The Women of Weed is a two-year project in the making. So, uh, And it was actually my first time venturing into the cannabis space. So I have been a documentary film producer and director for over 15 years. Um, And when I moved to Colorado in 2014, I couldn't help but hear the amazing stories of women that were having success in the industry. But what really caught my attention was the statistic that 36% of senior leadership in the cannabis space is women. And when you compare that to other industries, 
like finance, the average is 12%. Mm -hmm. So I knew there was something amazing about cannabis that was attracting more female leadership. And that was enough of a curiosity for me that I dove in um, and luckily was really welcomed by the women who were leading the cannabis industry so they could quickly get me up to speed and learn everything I needed to learn about cannabis. Cannabis is a lady plant, uh, female. Yes. Yes, <laughs> uh, so, so do you have a personal relationship with the cannabis plant? Um, I actually didn't until recently. Um, I mean, I am the product of the ger- the. I am the product of the dare generation, where I heard cannabis or even marijuana, as we called it back then, was a gateway drug. Um, and I actually have drug addiction and alcoholism in my family. So internalizing that message at a young age, I didn't try cannabis, even though I had ample opportunity in high school and college and beyond. Sure. Um, so it wasn't until we had filmed uh, 40 different female leaders in the cannabis industry across 10 different states. And as we were putting the footage together in the film edit, Everyone said, I think there's a scene missing. So I actually decided to try cannabis for the first time on camera, and we put that in the movie. Really? Wow, that's brave. (laughs) Thanks. You know, it felt really important. If we were going to start to destigmatize cannabis, it felt really important for me to go on that journey with the audience, you know, starting out as a skeptic, but curious to learn more. And then over the course of the film, you just see the enlightenment happen. Um, And I knew it was safe and I knew I could put together a group of what I called cannabis fairy godmothers. You know, I could have that safe shopping experience. Um, So we did it. And I think it's a wonderful way to kind of wrap up the story of the film. And I'll tell you, the film audiences love it at the film festivals. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Okay, so now you've completed the filming and production and you've started showing the film, Mary Jane's The Women of Weed, and the premieres and all that. So so let's dive a little deeper for a couple minutes um, into the overview of the project and the process of creating the documentary. You've certainly created other documentaries on non-cannabis subjects. Was there anything different about this? Well, what I learned about cannabis early on in my research was that you can't talk about cannabis without also talking about gender parity, social justice, and environmental sustainability. And those three core values have been present in all my other film projects. So I knew I had an access point into this film. Um, what I really had to learn, um, getting up to speed on cannabis as an outsider was just the vast amount of differing regulations Mm -hmm. (laughs) from state to state, you know, because the federal government really makes it hard for all of you to conduct your business. Um, and there's banking issues and tax issues. And I, I mean, it's so complicated. I really had to spend some time learning Um, what the different regulations were in each state, and then trying to find the, a broad cross section of women who could represent the female leadership experience across the country. You know, we, 
really took an analytical view, not a political view, um, in deciding who was in the film. So I did a hundred interviews over the phone with men and women who are leaders in can the cannabis space. And they were very generous in just sharing the information and also connecting me with people who they thought could be a good fit. Um, and so of those a hundred people, I quote unquote, narrowed it down to 40. <laughs> um, and we spent 2016 traveling, you know, across the United States. So by the end of it, we filmed in 10 different states, including on election night in both California and Massachusetts. So we captured, you know, cannabis legalization passing in those states. Mm -hmm. And then the big process was, you know, just figuring out how to put it all together to tell an interesting story that also did justice to what the cannabis leaders are experiencing. Excellent. So how many people are on your, your team, your crew, or whatever the right way to call your, your documentary group? How, how many folks are you working with in order to create this final product? Well, I've been really lucky in that I've been able to put together a team of other film producers, as well as editors and researchers and a social media team and things like that. So, um, I believe we have close to 15 different people working, wearing different hats just to help get the film, you know, edited, um, marketed and out in front of people. Got it. Got it. Well, uh, to your point earlier, uh, I am glad to hear that your on-film experience of trying cannabis was much more positive and, and unlike the uh, disaster train wreck of the Maureen Dowd uh, yes. news clip, uh, where she apparently had a quote-unquote bad experience on some edibles in her hotel room. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you tried the edibles? You doing okay? Um, yes, yes. Um, and in fact, uh, we wanted to make a very clear distinction that there is a way to educate yourself so you can have a positive experience on cannabis. And that's why I had a group of women who could, you know, guide me through that first experience. And I did use an edible, you know, I, sorry to give away the ending of the movie, but one of the things that I did try that first experience, um, was a chocolate from sweet Mary Jane. Um, Yum. I'm based in Colorado. And so that's a Colorado company that I could purchase at a dispensary. And I went shopping at simply pure and Wanda James was a fabulous guide. Um, so she took me through the process, connected me with a bud tender who helped me pick a strain that could provide the type of experience that I wanted to have. So I, I learned a lot. Um, it was very welcoming um, and it felt really safe. And honestly, now I'm continuing that journey of getting to know how the plant can help me and fit into my lifestyle. That's great. Thanks for sharing that experience. Um, I, I think it's important to, for people trying edibles for the first time, to know the phrase that we now say, start low on milligrams or dosage and go slow. You know, wait an hour before you take some more. Um, so that's the start low, go slow phrase has become second nature to most of us who are talking mm -hmm. to users for the first time. And I think that's great. And it even rhymes. So, hey, we, it'll <laughs> stick. Um, and and, and it, it did. It did. I mean, I used that in the film. 
even just to talk about why I felt it was important uh, to have this, you know, slow and low dosage experience and just so you could feel the effects. Perfect. Well, whatever works, works. So we go with it. Um, So we're going to take a commercial break in just a minute here uh, and talk more about the film and the process a little bit more in depth and as well as some challenges uh, that you may have come across while creating the film. Uh, So stay tuned. We are going to be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, talking more with guest Wendy Borman of the documentary film Mary Jane's The Women of Weed. So please don't go away. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All righty, we are back. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. And let's get back to talking with Wendy Borman from the documentary film recently launched called Mary Jane's The Women of Weed. All right, Wendy, let's talk more about the film, the ups and the downs and everything in between of creating a documentary about the women of weed. Uh, I know you went through a little bit of this in the first part of the show, but a little more in depth. What was the process like for selecting the women and then bringing them onto a set or going to them and filming them and talking with them? Well, we began filming in February 2016. Um, I'm based in Denver, Colorado. And if you recall, that was a Women Grow Summit in Denver that year. And so I knew there were over a thousand women coming to Denver. And so that <laughs> I would never have that opportunity to interview as many of them 
Um, Throw a rock, right? <laughs> exactly. So I, at that point I said, well, this is our first film shoot. Let's grab some cameras and we'll go. So we interviewed, gosh, I believe nine or 10 women the first day of the conference. And then, you know, once we had that, their interviews, we then started traveling, right? So we went to California, Oregon, Washington, D.C., uh, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Um, we also filmed with out in the fields in uh, at a hemp research company in Colorado. So um, all in all, we filmed in 10 different states, and we have interviews with over 40 different women. Great. Um, yeah, I think the wonderful problem that we had is there are so many women doing amazing work in the cannabis industry that it was hard to narrow it down. Um, we could have kept filming, you know, for years and years, but we made a very conscious choice that we needed to get the film out as soon as possible so we can start influencing the national cannabis conversation. You know, we needed to break out of this echo chamber of the people who already get it and find a way to invite the people who are, you know, kind of curious. Maybe they've never tried it before. Maybe they did way back, but now they have kids and they don't know how to fit it into their lifestyle or they don't understand how legalization could impact, you know, day-to-day -day users or medicinal users. So that became the goal of the film. So we Got were it. lucky in that we were able to have our world premiere in October at the Mill Valley Film Festival. So that was north of the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, we went to Woodstock, New York for the East Coast premiere of the film. So we've been to these two kind of cannabis hubs, if you will. Um, and we're really looking forward to being able to share the film with other audiences. Sure. Um, so other than being a woman yourself, uh, is there a particular reason you're focusing on women in the industry? I mean, is there a particular view or understanding that the role women actually play in the cannabis industry and movement and how it might be different from other industries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the numbers just made sense. I mean, if you're going to do a film... Um, you need to think about who your target audience is, right? Well, women buy over 50% of movie tickets in the United States, huh. and yet they have less than 30% of the speaking roles in films. Right. So as a woman in film, that felt really important to me to be able to have a film directed and produced by a woman where women were sharing their experiences. You know, they're the heroes. They're the protagonists that we follow. Um, you also just look at cannabis users and in most states, the demographic that's growing the most is women and their use. Um, this also correlates to the female leadership where you originally there was 36% of senior leadership in cannabis was women. And as I spoke to women about why they were choosing cannabis, it came down to a couple different factors. You know, one of them was um, if they had taken time off work for um, 
if they had taken time off work to either take care of children or maybe their parents or things like that, you know, because women are the caretakers, this is something that is bound to affect most of them during Mm. their professional career, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if they came back to work and the people that they had trained have since been promoted over them and then they're stuck at the senior VP level, you know, that may not be what they want to do for the rest of their life. And cannabis offers an opportunity for them to go and create their own thing that they can be the CEO of the company and they can create the company culture. The other opportunity cannabis provides for women is they're creating products that speak to the female experience. So without women in cannabis, I think we have the danger of just creating the products that can get people as messed up as possible. You know, like the THC levels would be crazy. And then Mm. it's about getting couch locked and isn't that so funny? And, you know, (laughs) women don't necessarily want to do that all the time. You know, they have to cook dinner or take care of kids or, you know, promote their business. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really fit into your lifestyle. And that stoner dude image was really alienating to me and part of why I didn't try cannabis because I didn't see how it could fit. Sure. I'm the productive woman juggling it all and need to just kind of be less stressed while I juggle it all. Right. And so women come to cannabis with this health and wellness perspective, you know, where maybe they're creating products for microdosing, you know, maybe they're creating um, even purses like Anna B, you know, yep. they created the Omer lock. She created the aroma lock technology. So you can have your vape or whatever in your bag and you don't have to worry about your briefcase falling over and, you know, a pouch with a big Jamaican flag on it coming out, <laughs> you know, like the, these are products that women are creating. Um, And if women are owning dispensaries, you know, they can create a shopping experience that's going to appeal to women, you know, where there is more of that hands-on learning approach as opposed to, you know, get in, get out, what do you want? It's not McDonald's, you know, if you're coming to cannabis, you're really, for the first time, you really need to be educated about it to figure out what kind of product would fit well into your lifestyle. So there's boundless opportunities for women. Um, and just being a woman. And so that's my viewpoint on the world. It just seemed like a natural fit. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, there are some dispensaries that feel like a spa or, you know, like I'm, I'm going to really treat myself, uh, rather than I'm going to pick out party supplies. (laughs) Right. So, uh, no, go ahead. Well, and that viewpoint shift, I think, is what the cannabis industry really needs if they want to attract new consumers. You know, if you want women, if you want baby boomers, if you want parents, you know, they need to come in and feel like they have a safe experience. It's not just, you know, find a bong in, you know, with a big pot leaf on it. Like that you can't have that on your shelf and invite the neighbor kids over, you know? Truly. Yep. So it's, it's a great opportunity for women. That's great. So we have to take one more commercial break um, and then we're going to come back and uh, let's, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you had on social media 
and then also just share more information with our listeners so they can go and find the film and watch it as well. Um, so we will be right back. Please stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, wrapping up our conversation with Wendy Borman, who has released history film, Mary Jane's The Women of Weed. Uh, so we talked about kind of the fun stuff. Uh, I understand you had some issues, which some other cannabis companies have also experienced, actually. Facebook is really selective about approving advertisements that relate to cannabis. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. It's a really big pain so how how are you doing with that? Oh, well, we have felt the same growing pains that I think a lot of other cannabis companies have. So even though we don't touch the plant, we're doing a documentary film that has goals to educate and advocate. Um, we had our ads denied by Facebook. So we were yep. leading we were leading up to the world premiere of our film and we faced four weeks of appeals. Um, and I mean, it cost us, you know, untold like hundreds of thousands of views. Um, and this wasn't the first time that cannabis shut us down. We actually had a crowdfunding campaign in September, 2016. Um, and we also weren't allowed to promote our trailer. So if you've ever tried to 
do a crowdfunding campaign and not be able to use social media. Um, Good luck. Yeah, I will say it wasn't very successful. Um, You know, we raised, you know, a tenth of what we were hoping we would raise. Mm. Um, And so this really makes us sensitive to uh, the pains that all the other cannabis companies are, whether they touch the plant or not. You know, it's just very challenging because Facebook keeps this as a gray area. Um, And when it comes to documentary film, that's black and white. We're covered by freedom of speech. So as a filmmaker in the United States, I should not be censored no matter what I was talking about. And I know that it's just because we're talking about cannabis. If I was doing a film about tobacco or opioid addiction or coffee, I mean, they wouldn't shut down the film. Right. Yep, that's true. So I think you told me that Boulder Weekly broke the story about censoring and then they called the Facebook media office for comment and and that may or may not have influenced the final approval of your ads. Um, So Boulder Weekly broke that story for you, huh? Yeah. I mean, thankfully we did have an ally um, at the Boulder Weekly uh, newspaper who saw that this was censorship and because she could call them and ask them for comment, that's what finally let Facebook go, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I mean, they didn't give a statement as to why it happened. Um, but now we're in Facebook purgatory is what I call it. So <laughs> any time we want to run an ad, I mean, we wanted to run an ad on the Boulder Weekly story. It took them 18 hours to approve our ad. Sure. So it feels like so, you're like crossing your fingers and like... Hope- Hoping it gets through, you know, and we don't have the media dollars to go after Facebook lawyers, right? But we have had attorneys look at it and they're, they say we're 100% compliant with their terms of service. So Facebook is actually in breach of contract with us. Gotcha. Um, But I mean, if you want to go up against Facebook, that could be a very long and expensive process. I can only imagine. So we're running out of time, unfortunately. I'd love to chat with you more. Um, I I will mention that you did a sneak peek of your film during NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, uh, which was this last summer in Oakland. Um, And you also showed a work in progress screening at our California Cannabis Business Conference in September. Uh, and that the attendees really loved it. So could you just, before we wrap up, share where users can, uh, sorry, where our audience can go find the film? Yes. So signing up on our website is the easiest way. It's maryjanesfilm.com. We are also Mary Jane's Film on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So signing up for our newsletter on our website is the best way to get plugged in to our upcoming screenings. And, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to for all the support that you've offered for the film. It was a fabulous opportunity to be able to film um, during your conference. And we had a lively discussion in Anaheim a couple months ago. So I know people are excited to see the film. Oh, that's great. No, we're, we're happy for people like you getting the message out about the cannabis industry and the cannabis movement and that we are just like everybody else, we're just another legitimate, responsible 
cannabis industry and people who smoke marijuana are not bad people, Mr. Sessions. Exactly. Shout out to Mr. (laughs) Sessions. (laughs) And thank you again, Wendy, for joining us today. We got to run, but we look forward to watching your film, Mary Jane's The Women of Weed. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on today's show of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Signing off. See you later. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.